What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a, another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents a history of sitcoms through WandaVision. This is, of course, our third episode. So if you're new, what we are doing is exploring the Disney Plus show WandaVision. Every episode references sitcoms in different decades. And we're going to take a look at those sitcoms in those decades and tell you why it was relevant to audiences then, why it's relevant to the show, and what influences it has on the story that they are currently telling. If you're looking for who's in sword and what does it all mean and what's going on, go somewhere else when you're done watching our show. Keep watching it. Stay around. And if you are back, welcome back. We're glad you're still here. This week, we are obviously going to be talking about the 70s, the Brady Bunch, and WandaVision. I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me is Jamie Jarek. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello. So to start this off, guys, what did we think of episode three? Oh, it's amazing. Whoever wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine that there's going to be a day where I'm going to be like, oh, I hated it. This one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, um, especially the back half. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen is doing the Lord's work in this because she's managing to go from comedy to drama to like just terrifying the hell out of everyone in the room and the, at the blink of an eye. And I think she's just phenomenal to watch. She's, I she's think been, she an Emmy. Yeah, she should be in the running for that for sure. Um, she's just, a, it's just a delight to watch. I love that we get a little bit more of a peelback of what's actually happening, but still enough of a mystery that I, I'm excited to see what whatever happens the following week. Yeah, this was definitely the episode where if you're waiting for the big Marvel MCU set pieces, you, they're coming. You have that tease at the end that really shows we're there's something out here and we're gonna get there. So if you're in that boat of like, oh, yeah, it's, it's slow and the sitcoms and it's not the thing and I just want end game, blah blah blah. Boo to you. Sit yeah. down and wait. <laughs> <laughs> you did it in a movie theater. We didn't kick off Iron Man with big action. He was talking to people. Let them an tell entire, the uh, this. That's, what, that's the thing that you gotta think about. This franchise started with us being in a cave for an hour. So you guys need to slow down. <laughs> and that payoff was great. But yeah, yeah. I, I loved everything about it. The, the set decoration, the colors of the 70s. It's so funny because you'll still, I feel like it was such a thing in the 90s to go into a house and just see 70s aesthetic leftover in homes that were built and neon orange and like big shag carpets and couches from parents who are only ever going to buy one couch. So it was almost reminiscent of that to me where I felt like I was walking into somebody's old house. <laughs> and when you look at it with the Brady Bunch, you do see like all the same similarities, her hairstyle, her dress, the, the way they're talking keeps evolving. And I loved seeing her like subtle changes in her accent and her performance and just the weird mystery stuff we're getting. I genuinely thought my Disney Plus glitched out when we first like go back in time. Oh, really? uh yeah. I did too. I was like, am I buffering? <laughs> well, because for a while, the Disney Plus app on the PS4 just sucked. And it would buffer every time I watched The Mandalorian. It would do a circle and then go all the way back to the beginning and then play. So a part of me was like, Roku, not you too. You too? That's funny. Uh, but it was great. We get more of Catherine Hahn. We get more of all, we started rounding out these other characters. We're seeing more of Monica Rambeau and more mystery and still enough in the i want to stay in this world i don't really want to ever peel back too much until we're pulling back entirely i want to stay in this mystery and i like the sitcoms and i want to stay in the bubble so i thought it was great probably my favorite of the three 
Yeah. I think it'll it might end up being my favorite of the whole show solely because of the Brady Bunch of it all. I will say oh. it's interesting to do a Brady Bunch episode with mostly two people. Like I cut <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like there wasn't, it wasn't that, it was the aesthetic more than anything. Like the stairs were so Brady Bunch. That's, that um, is Brady I, Bunch like, immediately. The kitchen, the color of the kitchen hmm. and the kitchen setup is very uh, Brady Bunch. I mean, the fact that Vision had a Kitty Carryall doll was such a big deal. Um, it was the Kitty Carryall doll. Uh, so, um, so those were the moments that really stuck out to me. I will say my biggest disappointment um, since it was a 70s episode, I was really hoping the theme song was going to be All in the Family-esque. I really wanted them sitting at a, p- p- a piano, play the way Glenn Miller played, <laughs> really going for it. And uh, But the intro was still amazing, and um, uh, uh, but not as Brady Bunch-esque as I expected. I say it was more of a hybrid of Mary Tyler Moore and Brady Bunch, because like, they, they did the Brady Bunch with the squares, but the actual transposed yeah. color 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 of Mary, uh, was very that's the mary tyler moore style. and the music was kind of reminiscent i think of the partridge family right. oh, yeah, very much so so guys that brings us into the 1970s the episode is obviously great the mystery is there we know sword is concocting something but what we don't know because we are millennials <laughs> is what was going on in the 70s and as this show changes as sitcoms changed audiences changed Terrence and I are in the business of understanding audiences for film and TV and our full-time job. So it's very interesting to look back. We've finished the 60s when set when uh, audiences really wanted escapism. They didn't want to think about politics. They didn't want to think about change. And in the 1970s in America, you are ushered into a world of change. We are through the civil rights movements. We are into feminism. We are getting no claw. Ugh excuse me, no fault divorce laws. We are seeing divorce skyrocket. We are seeing more blended families, more non-nuclear families. We are seeing the US Supreme Court give us abortion rights. And we're seeing more and more of this. We're seeing people become more politically active. And of course, the more you become active and the more you get engaged in the world, the more you wanna see it properly reflected in TV. So as our times change, our media must change as well. Art reflects life, reflects life, reflects art. So you start getting shows like the Mary Tyler Moore show. You start getting shows that are focusing on alcoholism, abortion, blended families, these shows that were so much less about just wholesomeness and more about what was really going on, pushing to have more well-written female characters, pushing to showcase episodes about menopause things you would never see in the dick van dyke show or in any of these other shows before the brady bunch is often considered the last pure family sitcom it really was this bridge gap between non-political and political shows but even the brady bunch is a show that its very theme song goes these are two separate families that came together this is not a nuclear family there were two divorces and they came together and made this family in the middle of it all were they divorces? We don't really know. I always feel like, because I, I watched the first a couple episodes of this, I feel like uh, the boys, it's led me to believe that they're in a widowed situation. I I think so. I think so as well. And it, But they never touch on it to the point that's very, int- always been so bizarre to me at, because I'm, I in my lifetime has have had five step parents. Um, I've had a lot of 
parent remarriages and the idea that in episode two they're already calling mike and carol mom and dad right. has always been so wild to me but also after that pilot which is such a hilarious bizarre pilot um they they really never again bring up address that, that they're that they're not all biological siblings or whatever and it's i i actually was watching a clip um and it's when greg is singing um uh clowns never laughed before beanstalks never grew um and carol and mike are like debating like who did he inherit this talent from and it's like well what do you mean it's mike. right it's like neither of you possibly someone else who's not here yeah so um i think that's interesting that like even though that was the case they never talked about it again yeah because outside of the theme song you never get reminded of that and it's weird because the first episode goes out of its way really to bring it up because there's a scene I think it's either with Peter or Bobby I can't remember which one and the dad like he has a he had a photo of his his birth mother mm -hmm. on his dresser and all of a sudden when the dad comes in to talk to him the, the photo's gone like it's in the drawer and he's like where's where's the photo and he's like well I didn't want to upset uh Carol when she comes in because she's my new mom I didn't want to make her mad and he was like no you if you want to still have this photo out you can and I was like, oh, that's such a deep thing to do in a pilot that is never brought up again. <laughs> like they could have really rolled with that theme um, yeah. and they just didn't. I think it almost became a, a hindrance to the show at the time, because now when we look at it, it's the Brady Bunch. It was the most incredible the, since sliced bread. This has influenced every sitcom that's come after it. We have had studio albums, hit singles, variety shows, Christmas specials, movies in the 90s, which JB is going to take us all through in just a mere moment. But at the time when this came out, it didn't connect with audiences. It was never a critical success. It never did do high in the ratings. It never got great reviews. And I wonder if some of that is because of these edgier more political more mature if you will the darker comedies were coming to fruition we were leaving behind some of the wholesomeness that the brady bunch still entailed and it's interesting that at the top of the show they're like non-nuclear blended family don't worry about it and then we just don't worry about it it is in a very weird way you know you get to something like Shit's creek which goes oh, we have people of all the lgbtqia spectrum we have all of these different people and their genders and everything and we're not going to address it it's going to be a world of, of love and this is what it could be i feel like the brady bunch did that with whatever it is divorce widowies second marriages in a way that now is actually very nice i feel like almost every other show with a divorce they're like the divorce here it comes the children will never love the step parents and here it's like everyone get everyone's everyone's pretty okay yeah if it wasn't for these, this damn dog and cat, this would be, we'd be good. This would be it. Yeah. And that dog stealing toys, going to the doghouse. Uh, did we all watch Kitty Carry All Goes Missing this week? How could you not? <laughs> oh, uh, iconic. A little fun fact, because I'm going to be, I, so for our listeners, I know a lot about the Brady Bunch history. I, um, I, I just have always been, it's, it's the most bizarre wild journey of a television show that's ever existed and um fun fact cindy and bobby did used to make out in tigers <laughs> inside the doghouse which dog is just house. wild <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of stuff that happened on that brady set you're just like hmm. 
and some of it was really blown out of proportion like there's a rumor that um that florence henderson and barry williams who played greg dated um which is really messed up as she's which is, yeah, weird, but, um, yeah but really it was he was 16 and she was 36 and he basically like asked her on a date because he was like hormonal and she was married she thought they were just like having dinner yeah, um, yeah. but to him it was a date so that that has like haunted that haunted Florence Henderson for like the rest of her life. But Barry also dated Maureen McCormick who played Marsha. Right. Um, so they were all, and um, apparently Eve Plum really liked Christopher Knight. Like apparently Correct. all the ages really- The levels with each, they stayed yep. with each other, yeah. Uh, they were really <laughs> hooking up with each other, except for obviously Robert Reed was closeted, um, which was like- which I, is so sad now that like I, I heard that and saw that I was like, oh, that's disappointing that he had to do that for all of this time. Robert Reed is a really tr was a tragic story because he hated the Brady Bunch. He was a Shakespeare like Shakespearean classic mm -hmm. actor. He wanted to be serious. He didn't enjoy it, but uh, but and he was closeted at the same time. There was so much going on at the same time. He treated those kids like they were his own. He was so good to those kids. He took them to Europe so they could learn about Shakespeare. He bought them all Super 8 cameras. Like even though he hated the Brady Bunch, he loved those kids, and I think that's really really sweet. Yeah. And what's crazy is because. It sucks because he also hated it, but he, he stuck through it with almost every incarnation that they had. I cannot believe, because he wasn't in the final episode. Right. That was not supposed to be the series finale. It's the it's a really stupid episode where Greg like dyes his hair a weird color and Robert Reed got in a fight with the showrunner and wasn't going to be in it. And they had planned to do season six without him. And then it got canceled, so it didn't matter. And the fact that he showed up, like what was it, two years later on the Variety Hour, and the Variety Hour is infinitely more embarrassing than the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he wears like a like a bunny costume or a chicken co something like really ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And that the have, the variety hour is bizarre because they're all playing the Brady's doing a variety hour. Correct. It's it's nuts. Uh, that's some Inception type stuff. We're doing a show inside of a show, mm -hmm. and none of this makes any sense. Like someone was clearly on some uh, some very hallucinogenic drugs at that point. But in time. they're singing like a lot of Broadway songs. Like the songs are pretty good, but it's also very clear that Barry Williams and Florence Henderson are the really only ones who sing. Yeah. Um, but it's it, but that only lasted like seven episodes. Um, I feel like the majority of the shows. The anime show went a little longer, but for the majority of their shows, they were very short-lived. Anything that was a spinoff of this was like, all right, we'll give this a shot, but you just couldn't recreate that sometimes because they went so far left. <laughs> and because like, I, I think a part of well, one, they were terrible, but there were, was no <laughs> other iteration that featured the whole cast. Variety Hour didn't have Eve Plum. Um, the, the Christmas movie didn't have Susan Olsen. Then for the Brady, Susan Olsen came back, but Marie McCormick left. Right. Um, and it was always weird from Variety Hour on that there was always one Brady not in it. But it is also odd that like Eve left, but then came back. Susan left, but came back. It's like, cause I think they just weren't doing anything. They've and been then, diesel. Right. They I don't like, do sequels any... and I will do all the sequels. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, them. it is also about family. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have work. So they were probably like, well, I need, to I need to take this check. It was weird though. Cause I know for a while uh, and it's still the case that uh, Marsha and Jen, the actresses just, they don't coexist anymore. Um, so I, I be, in honor of this, I, I watched um, Back Home with the Brady's, the 2019 HGTV special where they all um, like tore, redid the house. 
um, which was actually really impressive because the interior of that house is nothing like the Brady Bunch set and they made it look exactly the same. And um, you can tell, like Maureen is Marsha Brady. The way that Maureen McCormick grew up, I believe is exactly how, and it's the same with Eve Plum. You can tell everything Maureen does annoys Eve and like but Marines like crying over Florence and just being this perfect beautiful woman and Eve's just like still trying to be an actor and like even now and like you can tell Marine really gets under her skin and I don't really blame her <laughs> like I really <laughs> think their dynamic is is Jan and Marcia and I find that to be quite fascinating the whole like they really do treat each other like a family where it's like they'll tolerate each other but you can see the tension and the awkwardness it when they're all together still and this was only two years Years ago yeah which is fascinating that they the two of them got a series short-lived to, together <laughs> it's like the brady guys, brides. yeah the brady brides <laughs> can you believe that all of these are real <laughs> uh, this is nothing once we get to the brady's it's like this is like a bunch of saturday night live sketches that you're like well this will be a good idea <laughs> speaking of saturday night live did you know that marcia 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 was only said in one Brady Bunch episode and was not a thing until Saturday Night Live repeated it. And that's how Marsha, Marsha, Marsha became so big, iconic. Iconic, yeah. Yes, no. I only, I remember that being advertised so much when I would watch that 70s show and they mm -hmm. were like publicizing the Brady Bunch on whatever syndication part they were. And they always used that soundbite for the, like, yeah. it's ingrained. But Jamie, tell us a little bit about these Brady Bunch pilots and first efforts to make this show before we get into the absolute zaniness oh, that is its legacy. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So the, the cartoon was kind of coincided with the original show um, and it didn't last very long. Um, and I've actually, that's the one I've never seen the cartoon. Um, uh, uh, then the variety hour came after Brady was canceled two hours, two years later. Um, and that was seven banana town episodes um uh and then in the it was the late 80s no the early 80s is when they came back for brady brides and that was jan and marcia getting married together a joint wedding and then living together yeah, with their they husband. couldn't afford the homes that they had so they decided to live together i was like oh who wrote what <laughs> Like, I don't have any siblings, but I can't imagine having a joint wedding and then living our spouses together. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but the real, the real joy came in 1990. And that is the Brady's. It's a treat that just keeps giving. It's a, it's a fun thing. The Do you remember this at all? Yeah, like, you ever watch this? No, I don't know the Brady's. <laughs> okay. It, it, so, it was counter programming to TGIF, uh, which once we get into it, what the hell this show became, you're like, what? Go ahead, go ahead, Jane. So it originally was just six episodes, and it was in 1990. That was the year I was born, so I did not see it until 98 ish. Um, and by that, so by that point, it had been repackaged into three TV movies. And they were trying to go with the style of those dramas at the time. Terrence, you, you named some of them to me earlier. Um, yeah, like Dallas, Falcon's Crest, those type of like late night soap opera-esque shows. So they turned the Brady's into a soap opera. And let me just tell you real quick what happens to some of the Brady's. Uh, uh, th this is, 
canon Brady Bunch history. That's the Just thing. All of these shows are canon. Like what happened in Brady's Brides, their husbands still exist in the Brady's for reasons. <laughs> it's well before the Brady's, we had the um the the Christmas movie, which if you haven't seen, watch it next oh, Christmas. The Christmas movie is a delight. <laughs> It is so bad that it you can't stop watching it. It's, yeah. That's the one where they sing to get him out of the house, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> it is, uh, and and the Brady's was kind of like this, like started into the six episodes of the Brady's. So in the Brady's, Bobby Brady, the youngest Brady, um, is a race car driver, and his race car crashes, and he becomes paraplegic. First episode, Blake. <laughs> Starts off Bobby Brady paralyzed. Then we have Jan. Jan and her husband cannot conceive and it's putting a deep strain on their marriage. They eventually adopt. Um, uh, Peter got engaged in the Christmas movie, but then in the Brady's broke up with his fiance, started having an affair with the daughter of Mike Brady's political rival who's abusive to him. He's got an abusive girlfriend. Then um, we've got Susan, or not, we've got Cindy Brady. She is a radio host who's having an affair with her boss who's 10 years older than her and has like older children. Um, but the best is Marsha. Poor Marsha Brady. Everyone's living their lives with their, with their paralyzed and their children. She feels so left out. She feels so unhelpful that she turns to alcohol. And Marsha Brady becomes an alcoholic. Raging alcoholic. Raging. And interestingly, in real life, Marie McCormick did go through a bit of a, a, a phase, a party phase. And she like has talked about like getting really effed up at the Playboy Mansion. Um, uh, Terrence, you used to do that. <laughs> I'm did. sorry, what? <laughs> that's I'm going to need more about that's that. That's a side story, Jamie. We'll talk okay. about that. Uh, <laughs> we sure will. Um, I don't remember what happened to Greg. I feel like Greg was okay. I think Greg was um, fine. Yeah. yeah we, we, it wound up being this weird, like, Black Mirror series of the Brady's where just shit just <laughs> went wrong for everyone. The best part about it, though, all this drama. I mean, Bobby Brady is paralyzed and it still has a laugh track. Of course it does. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. Well, this sounds amazing. But if I may bring us back to the 70s yes. for a moment. And please now give me a WandaVision Brady's episode. I need a laugh or just put a laugh track on Age of Ultron. I don't care. <laughs> Oh my god. I'll rewatch that whole movie if you throw on a laugh track. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know when to laugh in a Joss Whedon movie. I don't know when he's being quippy and when he's being serious and when he's just degrading his wife. <laughs> uh, throw that man out. So we're looking at the evolution of these shows. What 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 was it about the Brady Bunch's comedic style, Jamie, that you think was different from other shows at the time or other shows that we talked about in previous episodes? Well, I think, um, I think you kind of touched on it earlier in terms of like the wholesomeness and the, um, just the watching episodes of that show, it's so bad, but so you can't look away. Um, like I've seen every episode of that show many times. And I, and last night I watched Kitty Carriol is Missing in honor of Kitty being in, in WandaVision. And it's just, it's so, it's so dumb, it's, but also, yeah. but also like, 
there's something about it. There, it has something that really works. And I think that's why for a show that, like you said, came at a time that really didn't need a show like that anymore. It has somehow become one of the most iconic television shows in history. I mean, that's why in 2019, the Brady kids are still able to come together um, and HGTV can spend $3.5 million on the house because they know people are going to watch it. If they open that up for to visit, I'm going. If it, yeah. I, I would pay, if I had money, I would pay any amount of money to Airbnb to stay in that house. It's down the street from me. I, I really want to go. Um, <laughs> that is like a top priority when things aren't terribly scary pandemic wise yeah it's funny because this critically wasn't well received and it's very much a parallel to what full house was when it came out in the 90s and how it was not well received critics were like this is trash uh but they both managed to in their saccharine sweetness managed to like grab a hold of america for a huge portion of that decade it's a great this one comparison. And like have become these icons. Like you can't you can't name many people we point at like, remember Full House? You got it, dude, all that stuff. Same way with the Brady's. It's just a matter of time till Netflix makes the Bradyer bunch. Oh my god. <laughs> the Full Full House was the first television show I ever loved. Uh it was I to this day remember being five years old the day it ended, and I was distraught. And, and it's funny because I remember crying. I remember being five and through tears, there's never going to be new full house again. And then so I wish somebody would have told me that 20 years later. Don't, don't worry, Jamie. In 20 years, we got you. Yeah. I wish someone had told me I would have been okay with that. I could have waited. Um, and to, I actually want to get a full house tattoo. Um, uh, and uh, it's, and I think that I, I just think that like the Brady Bunch was to like my father, what full house is to me. And and I'm and I feel like we don't really have things like that anymore, which is fine. We don't really need yeah. it. We have family sitcoms, but nothing like those shows. Well, but I would say the nearest thing, the closest, is probably Modern Family. Yeah, right? it's just like the way that it's shot. It's yeah. different, so you can't. It's not a one to one, but yeah, that's the closest that we have of a family comedy. I think, especially a blended comedy. And we know, uh, we know, One Division is gonna do Modern Family. We already know yeah. that. Um, and and I think that because it's kind of its last option if they're sticking with the family sitcom era and there are still I mean we have blackish and there mm -hmm. are other um, family sitcoms but they're not as well we've common. you know we talk about audiences therefore we also have to talk about inclusion and the the evolution of sitcoms that I think we'll talk about towards the end of the show of where we are now and where we're going is the like is the blackish is the fresh off the boat it is the Schitt's Creek like we can now recapture bigger, newer, more diverse, more inclusive audiences because there is something that we're always going to like about a full house, a Brady Bunch, a modern family of watching a family. We also, we have the workplace sitcoms. We have the situational, the Seinfeld, the friends, the four people in an apartment, the dating. I think there's just always going to be something that audiences of every age gravitate to when it is a kid, a child in their teens, a more adult child, a family, and you, a little something for everybody. And we watch them grow up. When I went back to this episode of the Brady Bunch, I forgot that we start off with these children as children. So much of my nostalgia of the Brady Bunch is when they're adults, is the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha I'm, eras. I'm with you too. Uh, I didn't until I 
we were getting ready for this episode, I didn't, I had never really seen any of the Brady's episodes when they were kid kids. Like my brain automatically cuts in probably around season three, late season three, early season four is when I start with them. And I'm like, they're already basically teenagers at that point. So by the time, like when, I, when this starts, I'm like, oh, they're like toothless, cute, adorable kids. I never, I never was aware of this, this point. Um, they're and cute. It was them bit mad because kids grow rapidly. But for each season, they were completely different humans by the time that they came around for the, the follow-up season. You know, it's very strange because we, I, me personally, myself, but a lot of other people look at The Simpsons as one of the like the greatest television shows of all time. And should we ever somehow get an animated WandaVision and we can do animated sitcoms and I'll do that episode forever, but it won't happen and that's fine. <laughs> um, we see like Bart is 12 for 30 seasons. And I, I think if we had known that The Simpsons was going to go on for the entirety of my life, I would rather now have Bart as a 31 year old and see what he's up to then. And now that that's baked in to the Brady bunch. You're, you're going on this journey mm. of growing up with them. And part of something that everybody has to do is growing up. Yeah. So it, that's part of the reason why I kind of love the Brady's that they all turn into terrible like messes because even though they had a picture perfect childhood, nobody can escape reality <laughs> even the Brady's you and it's couldn't messed be a up, but like it's but like like <laughs> car crashes come for us all <laughs> you know it's terrible but so yeah the there is some sort of there is a bit of a reality in that mm-hmm. as, as much as wholesome like it still is a family we would deal with it's like oh they're super sweet and it's like what you're dealing with day to day you're like oh this is this is just what life goes through and that's what wandavision is going to be like we all know when this ends things aren't (laughs) going to be all happy go lucky for wanda and vision which it's getting harder and harder to watch them happy because you know it's not going to last it makes me so sad well and as they get happier and happier do we want to transition into wandavision i only have one more brady bunch question left i mean i uh, listen, if you guys want to know where what the Brady's are up to now, I could tell you. <laughs> we could do a whole where are they now. <laughs> Twin years, a little behind the Brady's. We could do a behind the music whole yeah. show. It's all I want to talk about is the Brady's. Uh, well, then I have more questions. My first one that I'll ask that we may have already answered. Why has this persevered? Why isn't there a Mandy Tyler Moore studio album? Why isn't there a, uh, a mod Christmas movie? Well, there, think- there is only the Brady's. The music aspect, I definitely think was a was them trying to keep up with the Partridge family. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was totally the Partridges. And because the Partridges are actually they're all talented people. Um, I mean, uh, Shirley Jones, I met her when I was a kid. And like, she is an amazing musical person. David Cassidy, I mean, that's those people were, that's why they started the Partridge family. They were a band. And 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 Partridge only started a year after the Brady's and lasted this remainder of the show. So they were kind of in constant rivalry. And I think because people enjoyed the, the so basically that just is kind of what happened. Um, and, and like, because things transition so much, I don't think anybody was craving musical content from future shows. Uh, and, but you had, like you said, Full House kind of the did The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had an entire mutagen tour, Jamie. Oh, excuse yes, me. They did. 
He-Man had a live musical. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, obviously shows continued, I mean, had musical episodes. I mean, my favorite episode of television in the history of television is the Buffy musical episode. I mean, we got to get a WandaVision musical episode. Psych got a musical <laughs> episode. That's true. Um, they did. They did. I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't know. I think it's because the 80s don't really, when I think about it, don't, for me, don't have, I'm sorry, don't have that many sitcoms that really just stick out uh that are the 80s yeah don't I, I don't have that many that stick out i have a bunch in the 70s i have a ton in the 90s and the 80s don't for me don't have that many memorable sitcoms that i think this is just the brand that just kind of took over like it it's the defining series of that decade and it just sort of when everybody somebody wants to recreate some type of nostalgia or some type of that feeling this is the easiest way to get back there. It's like, all right, the Brady's is an easy yeah. gateway to get back to that that era. I agree. I think the, when it comes to the 80s, the only 80s sitcom, I mean, I watch Cheers constantly, Like, but, but because Cheers is workplace, I don't think we're getting any Cheers on WandaVision. I think my guess, based, I think I said this last week, based on the trailer, I think next week is going to be all family ties. Maybe um, a little elf. Maybe. And I am, I have not seen a lot of family ties. I really only know about oh. um, uh, of, uh, Michael J. Fox's character. So like I, this week, I'm definitely going to be doing some family ties research um, because I don't know. I can't just, I can't figure out where Full House is going to land because Full House was late 80s or I think it was like 87 to 95 ish yeah um, so it they could, could be easily the do bridge. Full House next week or they could do Full House in the 90s episode it could be the 90s bridge I I, I was telling uh Blake on our previous because he was sort of asking that it's part, part of our outline for today I was kind of thinking family ties was the way that they're going just based on some of the images I've seen mm -hmm. the wallpaper that's on the kitchen is very reminiscent to the wallpaper that was on the Keaton's family ties family um kitchen as well and mm. the way it's set up so that's where I'm going that I also think they are specifically sticking to comedies that are family-based so I think mm. some of the, that's why Cheers is out that's why like yeah. some of those other kind of like doctoral comedies probably won't be a part of this but I think I think Family Ties is probably the way to go Facts of Life could be another I, one of those that's the theme song I'm hoping for <laughs> oh yeah. I you love the fact the good <laughs> yeah and take the bad you take it off that's yes. the show, right? We're going to end up taking the good and the bad. I mean, queer yeah. icon Joe. Uh, uh, she, like, I think every queer woman in the world like grew up to realize, oh, Joe had a, quite a big impact on my life as a kid. That was um, when I was done making my parents watch Kenan and Kel and all that. They would then make me watch the Brady Bunch and Facts of Life and Gilligan's Island on Nick at Night. That was totally like my, my dad and I's relationship. I watched a lot of HR up and stuff as a kid with my dad and, and he had to watch a lot of all that and stuff um, Jenny, my, this, so. I think I told this story in the last episode but I'm gonna tell it again great my our like biggest family vacation my parents spent all this money we went to uh the Bahamas Atlantis is the name of the resort very nice resort incredible something I still remember to this day beautiful sand skies incredible place do you know what I remember the most Wrapping up the day and going into my parents' hotel room and getting stuff out of the minibar and ordering room service and watching Nick at Night and the Facts yes. of Life. When my parents, my poor parents, bring up this great vacation, I'm always like, well, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them. And that's like when we got back from that trip was when my parents were like, 
we got to show him the Brady Bunch movies. We got to show him the Christmas movie where they sing to get him out of the house. He's got to see them get off the island in Gilligan's Island. We have to like close these loops. I I love that. <laughs> that theme is amazing. Little known fact: that theme is created, written by uh, Robin Thicke's dad, Alan Thicke from Growing Pains, is cr- the creator of the Facts of Life theme song. Really? Yeah. That is fascinating. <laughs> I did not know that. You know what? That is so interesting. You know what? I we know what's really messed up. While we're talking Alan Thicke, there's an episode of Fuller House where DJ gets set up with Alan Thicke, who plays her brother, Kirk Cameron's father uh on what was it growing pains um yeah like why would you do that why would you <laughs> cast him in, in that that's so messed up is there no one else <laughs> um uh i did that is oh you taught me something <laughs> interesting um i blake your your family vacation story um i would be remiss if i didn't bring up one of the most iconic brady bunch episodes and it's when they go to hawaii um oh, yeah there is, if you, if listeners, if you have not watched the Brady Bunch Hawaii episodes, go on Hulu right now. They're so iconic to the point where the, where the Brady, a very Brady sequel, the nineties movie with Shelley Long, Gary Cole, the whole second movie is based off of the Hawaii episodes. I mean, I mean you get a whole Scrubs episode out of it. Yeah. And it's funny because that now so many sitcoms, that is one of the destinations, like they do a away from their main set there. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, uh, the Brady's, let's Hawaii. Hey, but the Bell, Bell, Bell Hawaii. Hawaii. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, that, I feel like we should talk about the Brady movie a little bit. The Brady we movie. Because I, I actually, I watched the first one last night and I, ha- I was telling Terrence this earlier, I have not seen it in like maybe 15 years and watching it, I realized, wow, I've seen this movie countless times. I still know the words. And it is kind of, it is a brilliant movie because it is purely making fun of the Brady Bunch, but the nostalgia of the Brady Bunch is so strong. They take every single iconic thing and throw it in. And so if you're a Brady Bunch fan, you're loving that. But if you're a comedy fan, you're loving how they're making fun of it. And the idea of inserting the Brady Bunch into the 90s, like the neighbors are all grunge and and, and care about money. And I'm like the Gene Smart is the alcoholic mom who's flirting with Greg and Peter. Um, it really is, a, I think, a brilliant movie. Uh, a, a perfect comedy and it stars Shelley Long, star of Cheers. They really Yeah, I feel like the Brady Bunch was really the first show to get like meta with itself and that it lasted long enough to make fun of itself in a way that was still very in tone with itself. We, we don't get that a lot where you're never going to get a Simpsons movie that's just spitting on the Simpsons. Yeah. Like, no, that would be the that would be wild. It's also, I mean, what was that? The Brady movie was 95. It's weird to think that was only five years after the Brady's because it feels like such different eras. They're so different from each other or what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Mm. It's funny because like you think about it for for that 95 film, a lot of those people either grew, like the writers grew up on... Brady Bunch, or there are things that they knew is sort of like now a love letter. While we're also, yeah, we're taking the piss out of some of this, is also sort of a mm-hmm. love letter to, to old school Brady Bunch. Whereas, and it was care done to it, where you could tell from the, the Brady's, <laughs> that, that sitcom ish Black Mirror episode stuff, um, 
that that was just a check like like we we want to keep this name going we need to keep something to put on the air to kind of <laughs> compete against tgif and they, they failed miserably there's definitely a we care there's heart to this to you can see the difference between a money grab and somebody who actually gives a damn about what they're doing and it's i love that so many of them cameoed um, and I forgot that because when I was a kid, I didn't really know what the adult Brady's looked like. What they right? Um, and uh, and the best is when Peter is getting picked on by the neighbor at school, and and Christopher Knight stands up in the in the cafeteria and is like, "Yeah, I will kill you." I, that is not exactly what he says, but he like threatens the kid. And but my favorite is Barry Williams telling the movie Greg Brady like clowns never laughed before that's a terrible lyric uh and so the fact that they that some of them came back and made fun of themselves is like that's my bread and butter anybody who makes fun of themselves i i love you for it um because sometimes things don't age well yeah and you can't always take everything you've ever done so serious so that brings us to wandavision mm. i think so what is it that is infused in this DNA, the Brady Bunch that has now spanned for so long, boils down to these two characters, this android and this witch dealing with her pregnancy. Why is the Brady Bunch this episode? What is it, the comedy style? Is it the set pieces? Are there themes? What are we dealing with that is analogous to this episode? It's funny because uh, I watched about I watched about four episodes of the Brady Bunch, and one thing that I that they do often comedy style wise is they use a lot of animals for some odd reason. It was a weird thing that they they did, like the dog cat thing. There was a point in the merit with the wedding where the dog is like bouncing on the the patrons or whatnot. They 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 happen to have hijinks ensue because of the environment and this episode definitely did that with the whole like by using magic but the stork actually being a physical embodiment and just like walking around like the stork joke is very Brady Bunch-esque like the way that they do that and how it's coming around and tugging on the on the pants leg I was like that is within the same vein of what the comedy was at that point in time so it's clearly stylized in the way I don't think this comedy era has as much of a as an extreme distinct style like the Dick Van Dyke, which is rapid fire, or the Bewitch, which is kind of like hijinks and with magic and all that stuff. I, I don't, it's a lot more subtle, but there is a style and a, a cadence to it, like there is for everyone, but it's not as prominent as some of the other ones where you can kind of like, I can point to this. Um, the family element is sort of the biggest thing. And they, I think for this, with the twins coming, you started just now are using the, the husband wife, because that's why this episode has the least amount of outside people in it. In comparison to some of the other ones, Geraldine comes in at the tail end, but it's mostly for the most part the doctor at the beginning. He's out, and then it's just Vision and, and Wanda for the most part. So it's the family aspect of it that hits the most um, for this one, and I think that's why they they chose this because when you're blending families and merging families, that's that's the perfect show for it. You know what's interesting? If the Brady Bunch had had a sixth season like it was supposed to, they wanted to make Carol pregnant with twins. That was their next plan. 
Um, uh, but it didn't, it, it was going to be a girl and a boy, like a, the next generation of Brady's. Um, we also, uh, this has nothing to do with WandaVision, but we have to at least reference Cousin Oliver once, the failed attempt to bring in a younger kid uh, in the Brady Bunch. Uh, what a mess Cousin Oliver was. But uh, one thing that, about WandaVision that I think that we had, that it was great in this episode and not necessarily like a Brady Bunch thing, but a sitcom thing was using large objects to hide a pregnancy. Thank you. Here we go. Thank you. Because yes. in this episode, it was done on purpose. She was using them, but that is a, a classic. I always think um, a, a big one is Cosby Show. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's just they there's constant. So many sitcoms tried to hide pregnancies where women are holding boxes. So when Elizabeth yeah. Olsen picked up that, like I think it was a giant vase, I, I was like, "Yes, she that the, is." She had the fruit bowl. I was like, "I've seen Noma. this so many times." Yeah, no, she that, is, on, that is perfect. She throws on Elaine coats. Elaine had to hide her pregnancy Correct. twice on Seinfeld, and for yeah. a while is just wearing so many coats on Layers. coats on coats. Yeah, that happens on like comedies and drama scandal. Just did when Carrie Washington got pregnant through the run. They were like, she just has this massive coat on. I'm like, it's everyone else is dressed like it's 75 to 80 degrees. What are you doing? Amy Poehler on Parks and Rec. It was the same thing. Like, there's so many examples of that, and um, and and I love that because one, women should still get to work when they're pregnant, but right. two, as a writer, I wouldn't. I would be pissed if I had to force a pregnancy into my script. So I think that covering up in a silly way is honestly the best solution yeah. especially and, if you don't um, want your character like if you're writing like I, we can't have our character get pregnant because it doesn't yeah. make sense mm -hmm. yeah i think we may have talked about this last week and when when with phoebe on friends they wrote it in in the most ridiculous way like if you're going to be that clever about it which oh well such full circle because the mother of her babies was deborah Jarrett, uh on division um yeah. So who I interviewed, check, go to my uh, Instagram or Twitter and watch my interview with Deborah Jarrup. Uh, it was a fun one. I do love that this episode too, I think they've been doing it all the way through, but I love that this episode does a comedic thing where a lot of the stuff that they would say back in and there would just fly as far as like the sexism or sex class things where it's like, hey, you're a woman, you can't be a doctor. Whereas here, when he says that to her after she's basically just birthed a child, Elizabeth Olsen just looks at her like, well, yeah, Terrence, that's, that, that's very <laughs> indicative of the changing themes in the 70s, right? We were seeing shows start to not tolerate this as much. We were seeing America stop tolerating this as much. And I know it's not perfect yeah, today's, but like we really were starting to kind of go like, no, we were seeing a big wave of feminism. We were pushing through the civil rights movement. So it makes sense now to throw in some jokes of like, He's really saying this nonsense. Like, what year does he think it is? Right. It also shows you that some of these people, maybe in the simulation, aren't quite caught up yet. Uh, moreover, too, you brought up the animals, and I think one thing that's worth looking at when you analyze the episode through this lens is like this stork isn't affected by her magic, and I think as as Jamie kind of said, the Brady Bunch had a very weird like, even though everything is perfect it's coming for you. You can't escape life and you can't escape reality. And we look at a stork narratively, thematically, sim symbolism to quote the boondock saints. Symbology. <laughs> always think about it. It's, it's bringing a child. And now you see a stork showing up when she's trying to fight against her pregnancy. She's trying to hide her pregnancy and the stork won't go away. Reality is coming for Wanda. 
this baby is coming. The Brady Bunch was a show that went, great, you're paralyzed now. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there was no fighting the oncoming wave of, of brutal reality, no matter how cheeky and fun and perfect your life was. We also see a, um, this was the, the end of the nuclear family in television in a way. We sort of see them stop trying to be normal. Vision uses super speed to get to where he's going. Wanda's openly using her magic. Th these are now characters that we have seen work so hard to be normal, just kind of accept it. Okay. This yeah. is life. I got to go get the doctor. I'm going to run like Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. I love I love her comment to him when he sees the babies for the first time. When he's like, "Do you you should do you want to see your first time with the baby as your your true self?" And he goes to vision mode. I was like, "Oh, that was really sweet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's an embracing of the weird in this episode that the other two episodes really tried to push in the background and. I think I think I th I think because it's black and white and those were super stylized with the Brady Bunch you can play a little bit more because Brady Bunch does not have that specific of a comedy style cuz like you're saying while it's still doing the Brady stuff there's still when she's get, having contractions her powers are still jacking up everything like the when her water breaks water falls out that's that's nothing like anything Brady Bunch that's specific to WandaVision but it's using the, the set of the Brady Bunch, but it's still very stylized to WandaVision. Nothing, <laughs> that comedy did not exist in the Brady Bunch era. Well, no, I mean, these are the weird horror threads that keep getting baked into the DNA of this show. We have yeah. somebody cutting a, a brick wall. We have glitches going back and forth. The end of this, Wanda throws her out of a bubble into some Cloverfield type military world. There's... There, there's so much you could do a a like b-side of every episode we're doing of horror movies that are using these tropes to like show you how not normal something is and infuse that in this show too because for every bit of like where do they get this comedy and where do they get this you really do have to look at this through the lens of discomfort and horror and i think that is the opposite of everything these shows tried to do yeah like they, that Brady Bunch specifically was trying to kind of be the conduit to, we're not going to discuss all of those things, just come have fun. And this show is definitely like the, the sitcom aspect of this is definitely trying to be like, hey, we're just having fun, but don't pay attention to all the crazy-ish that's happening on this side. Just pay attention to our right hand, our left hand, there's someone sawing a wall. Well, and it's very indicative of what we kind of said in our first two episodes, right? Sitcoms and in, in that era were a direct response to us going, I don't want to see the terrible things in the world. We still have people today who watch an episode of Arrow that's about gun control and gun violence and go, why is this episode so political? I've, I've spent all day online looking at all of this. I turned on Arrow to watch the superhero win and we got we to gotta theorize about this now? Like... But in a weird way, this show is sort of being like, yeah, you can't, you can't only fight it for so long. We're gonna show you the real shit. Wanda's <laughs> yeah. gonna wake up. Vision is dead somewhere in Wakanda. <laughs> or his body is in sword. I don't know. Gonna we get don't sad know. and dark real quick. <laughs> uh, I one thing I, I kind of wanted Vision to do, and I and I hope he, maybe he'll do it next week when uh, is I I just I don't know, but I would assume as we go through time, do you? Uh, I feel like the kids might grow. 
that's why I, but 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 you know that's another I think so too uh I I do I do remember seeing a shot of them in cribs and like they were throwing a ball so I think they we're going to actively see, now I don't know how if we're going to have them grow up expediently like they have been during pregnancy or gestation or if they're going to grow up as the decades go it's always funny I hope they do just all of a sudden become older because comedies do this a lot where one season they're like toddlers and the next they're I mean like little babies infants and the next they're like a five-year-old running around you're like hold on one year passed that's a very soap opera thing (laughs) yeah um but what but Mike Brady is so like he does this in in the Kitty Carroll episode where he like really gives a lesson and the, the Brady Bunch movie is very funny about that where where Mike Brady in the movie is caught is like giving these lessons that are so convoluted um and I would have loved to have seen vision I love to see vision just like really have a teaching moment where I think we'll get there all of these family comedies have yeah. to have the moment where the mom or dad sits out and is like now look I mean yeah to have a fair trial <laughs> Yes, in the justice system. Yeah, like that, I, I'm so glad that that's the episode that that we kind of focused on because the the lesson was really kind of messed up. And um, but I think they even slightly, not as well as they could have, touch on the fact that innocent people go to jail a lot. Um, uh, and even I wish that we could have do, do, dove a little deeper into the messed up world well, I, of the justice system but i mean that would have been an 80s and 90s episode yeah. we're still yeah. in the 70s where they're like Shh. exactly but it's yeah. still there leave was that shit comment. to mod <laughs> yes uh i really hope now we're seeing we're now in the era of sitcoms where sitcoms got went beyond the television cross media we We talked about cross media so much when I first moved into LA, meaning new media on the internet meets music, meets movies, meets television, everything kind of weaving in and out of itself. You used to see The Office would be on television, but then if you went to NBC's YouTube channel, you'd have many episodes. I I think to uh, Netflix's BoJack Horseman Christmas special, and I go, WandaVision, for whatever happens in this story, for whatever happens in the MCU, interconnectivity, yada, yada, yada. It's all very exciting how it's going to be in Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Throw all that out the window. I want Christmas specials of WandaVision. I want musical specials. I want just every now and then for Disney Plus to be like, she's still in the simulation. It was a long time. I don't know. Here's a Wanda variety hour. We yeah, got the like, Avengers. I would kill for that. That Like when, cover when, the, the stuff that we don't see. Like, yeah, I know we're, we're skipping from decade to decade, but there's got to be some time where we weren't watching. Let's cover, let's watch those episodes. I, that is, I love that. When we when we first saw before the episodes aired, uh, Wanda and Vision in their magic show outfits, I assumed it was going to be a musical number, um, and now I feel cheated. Even though that was like my favorite scene, I loved the magic show scene. But I just, I just want to see Wanda and Vision in like bell bottoms doing, you know, like. I think I'll go for a walk outside now. The summer sun's calling my name. I hear you now. Like if we saw Vision doing that, I would lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like we've got the golden goose now that Disney Plus can just keep, if these two actors will keep doing it, you can yeah. just kind of keep it. Do one live. I don't care. Oh my God. 
Oh my God. That's that amazing. Blake, they should hire you. That's a great idea. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. Norman Osborne should be your phase four villain. We got to get a live WandaVision episode up. <laughs> Christmas specials everywhere. I mean, the Guardians <laughs> are getting a holiday special. so They are. So why not WandaVision? Yeah. I think if you're playing with this, I, there, there's a lot of like, we're, we're going through all these family comics, but there's a bunch of other sitcoms and I'm like, hey, can we do a WandaVision Golden Girls? Because I want to see that immediately. Well, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> there, there's just not going to be enough time to do all of these shows. Right. I've, I've been singing the song forever, but I'm like, if the 90s episode is just Roseanne, if the 90s episode doesn't end with Vision walking into that house and it being empty and he doesn't do the Fresh Prince meme that's now very famous, yes. I will be very upset. <laughs> that, I, I, I get what I, I would assume the Halloween images we've seen are, are from the 90s episode because Roseanne was so Roseanne, known for Halloween Roseanne episodes. specifically went out of their way for horror yeah. episodes. And I feel like, like, yes. Halloween is to Roseanne what Friends is to Thanksgiving. Correct. Um, and so I, I was, I'm assuming that's what it is, but I don't, I don't know for sure. But I want, I agree. I want more than just Roseanne, especially since Roseanne has become a little tainted recently. A little bit of an issue, yeah. Um, which is a bummer because original Roseanne is an amazing It, show. it sucks because two of the biggest 90s comedies are both a little bit of an it. Cosby show and Roseanne you're like, mm-hmm, let's stay it, away from both mm, of those. And that <laughs> makes, it's so sad because Cosby yeah. is, a, it, will, it will always be one of the funniest shows ever made. And it sucks that it, yeah. it's hard to watch now. Tainted, yeah. It sucks. Um, but I, I think I, again, I, we may have brought this up, but Monica Rambo is a Fresh Prince fan. I want to see her in some Fresh Prince stuff. I, I don't ask for a lot. I just want a little Fresh Prince. I just yeah. want one, and I know he's problematic. I understand. I want someone to Kramer slide into a room. I all I want. I want Catherine Hahn, please. Yeah. Yes. Who else? Who else? Right. Who That's else? Gotta be her. Yeah. I don't care if there's suddenly in a New York apartment. I don't care if we have to figure out where the kids are. I want one Seinfeld moment. I want one Fresh Prince moment. The rest of it can be Roseanne and Full House. Yeah. I, I just want Paul Bettany to say, what's the deal with something? Yes. I don't <laughs> care what the deal is with. I'm really curious how they're going to hand, if they're going to do full the Full House, the, the Olsen of it all. Um, I mean, is so oh, that's wild. yeah, that's so. Oh, she has to, yeah, you have, you to. have I, to bring and, it up. And uh, they've definitely said, like, no, we never discussed Mary Kate and actually coming on the show, that'd be ridiculous. Um, but but Mary Kate, like, you Mary never Kate, discussed it, like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have Mary some Kate. PA like me getting coffee and just kind of being like, hey. <laughs> They, uh, my first, the uh, one of the first ever things I was obsessed with was Mary Kate Nashley, and it's funny because when I saw Elizabeth Olsen in Ultron, I did not know she was Elizabeth Olsen at the time, um, and I left that movie being like, I love her. Who is she? And to realize that I'm newly obsessed with this woman who I was obsessed with her sisters was very similar to when I discovered Billy Lord in Scream Queens and realized, oh, she's. Carrie Fisher's daughter and I feel like I'm meant to love the Olsen family (laughs) and it bums me out that that Mary Kate and Ashley have not acted since together since 2004 because it would be it would there's so much opportunity to have this whole sitcom thing and and the Olsen sisters are all there but I get it I get why Mary Kate and Ashley shy away from it it was messed up they had a messed up childhood but yeah. it is a bummer because there are so many cool things that could have been done 
Yeah, for sure. And I really well, wish I really wish Elizabeth was into open to the option because she easily kills the comedy. It's like, can you just go do a day on Fuller House? Just one oh, day. I'm what just am I saying, doing? guys? Disney Plus got Rick Moranis to come out of retirement. <laughs> That's a good point. The House of the Mouse is very That's strong. A, it's a powerful pool there. That is, you, you are making points. And you know they had the MKNA connection because ABC Full House did a whole Disney episode. That's another thing I'd love to see. WandaVision go to Disney like Roseanne did and Full House did. Like they had that whole All era. those shows did that. Like uh, I remember there was a, a co-episode with Family Matters and uh, Step by Step. They both like a back-to-back episode going to Disney World. That was their whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrence Kramer was on another show just in character at a desk. <laughs> yeah. I love a crossover and I don't like there's no I don't know how they would do that well it's this, Marvel we can cross I say we, we can cross over whatever we want yeah <laughs> I would love that if they're I mean like that it's what Marvel does is like the end of credits we're going to do all this the Avengers endgame but a part of me is like what could they cross over here can we just like I don't know have a Mandalorian helmet somewhere like what what other Disney Ooh. plus shows can we throw in there yeah. Kristen Bell shows up and she's like, "So what did you perform in your the- in your theater school in high school?" It gets really weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why this show shouldn't be the place to get weird because I, I the one thing I said about the MCU with the multiverse stuff was I I'm just so glad it's about to get weird. Doctor Strange is going to be weird. Marvel What If is going to be weird. WandaVision is weird. Spider Verse. And I'm like. Let's just stay weird. Like, let- I mean, Blake and I, have, we've said it as much as I love the majority, I'd say I love about 85% of the, the MCU films. There is a sameness to a lot of them. There's a there's a formula, there's a repetition. You kind of know what you're getting with those. Now that we're on Disney Plus and we're not making something for four quadrants, just go, just go nuts. Dude, you've got free reign. You've got us now. I think <laughs> Loki- do whatever the hell you want. I think Loki is going to be like a weird one. Like, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be pretty like normal. That's what the... Yeah. That's but, um, what the fans are going to want. Every episode is yeah. going to be a big action set piece Which, and bombastic. Right. And I'm in there. Yeah. I want yeah. that too. Yeah, I, I love me some action. I mean, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie. It's the best uh, one. That's not even it, a debate. Yeah, like, yeah, like, Except exactly. for that UK list that had it at like, like 19. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they also drive to the left side of the street and drink <laughs> warm beers. So... <laughs> that list was really upsetting. It was. It made me angry. This really. Um, <laughs> like, truly. But I think WandaVision was be... below Thor the Dark World. Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Loki's going to be that weird, like, quantum leap, sci-fi, what the heck is this? And I'm, I'm 100% in. <laughs> All right, guys. So my last question, it will go out. Next week is the 80s. If you could see one show, what would you want to see? I mean, as previously discussed, I have a giant giant cheers tattoo and i know that it's unlikely that we are getting cheers but cheers also i think we can all agree has the most iconic theme song in the history of television um it's pretty up there yeah it's pretty high up there. um and so maybe at least give us a little like some kind of cheers homage i i don't like again like i like maybe like let vision go hang with his neighbor buddies at a bar or something i would lose my mind but i'm not hopeful that's going to happen but if i get to dream i want to see some cheers i think you'll get a little cheers i think that's the one that i think i think these big ones that were like ah, we're not gonna get cheers in seinfeld i think you're gonna get 
you can't ignore. I think somebody. that era just yes, I think that era just has so many iconic sitcoms that they're going to have to sprinkle in a little bit of of everything, um, especially if they're planning to not probably go back to this well again. I mentioned Facts of Life, but another one that I really love, and it's not, although it could be because it is family related. Um, different Strokes is one oh, yeah. where I was like, oh, this sort of fits too because it's a blended, it's a another blended family. And you're kind of like, oh, these guys don't quite fit. Also, another thing written by Alan Thicke. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitting them out there right now. You are shocking <laughs> me with this Alan Thicke up. No wonder his son became a singer. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about, um, I'm kind of bummed that they threw Monica out of the world because like we, we, we need more people of color in this. Oh, oh Jamie, I hope yeah. we're not. Back. We're not done with her. Do you want to hear my big theory for Modern Family? And then I'll tell you my 80s episodes I want and then we'll go home, even though we're home because it's a pandemic. <laughs> I, I, at this point, if people are still listening, I think they're still listening. So they're here. I love you Big guys. prediction. I said <laughs> we're not going to have them, but my big prediction is the Modern Family episode is not going to focus on Wanda and Vision. The Modern Family episode is going to be at S.W.O.R.D. It is going to be a mockumentary, and that's where we're going to get all the exposition for the show. It's I love that. Kat Dennings and Randall yeah. Park and Monica Lambeau doing stuff to the camera that's just like, so here's what we're doing. And they're going to do a little office and a little modern family. And it's yeah. all, it's going to be where we get all the answers. Okay. And it's the best excuse for it. Like it it's is. the best excuse. I just want to know who's in charge though, guys. If I'm picking an 80s sitcom. Who's in charge of their days and their nights? Oh, I know where this is going. Because <laughs> I know who's in charge of me. Oh, that's a classic. Little Charles in charge. Yes. And while we're, at, while we're at it, I mean, who is the boss? Who's the boss? These are the questions we have to start asking. The only questions to ask next week, dear listeners, are who is in charge and who's the boss? Yeah. Who could it be? Well, believe it or not, that is our show for this week. That what is our, I loved it. I had a great time. Jamie, your wealth of Brady Bunch knowledge Thank is you. unmatched. If, please, um, if you want to know where the Bradys are now, you hit me up on Twitter and I will tell you what each Brady kid is doing with their lives. And I, I have to say this, just to treat yourselves, the Bradys, the show, had three different theme songs. It had a saxophone theme song, it had a guitar theme song, and the third one, which I think everyone needs to go listen to, is Carol Henderson, <laughs> Florence Henderson, singing a song that is the corniest song that I could ever hear in my entire life. It actually has a line in it that says, that's how our Brady Bunch became the Bradys, is the tagline for the end of that song. It is Terrible. That implies Treat that like yourself. half of them died. <laughs> and yourself. here's how the bunch only became a few. <laughs> Just died off. All oh, my also, life I wanted to be a Brady. Um, I hate to be a downer, but I, I feel like we have to mention that um, Susan Olsen, who plays Cindy Brady, uh, is a Trump supporter. So fuck her. You always lose, you always lose a couple of them. Fuck her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna drop off. <laughs> They're just that's our show, guys. Um Obviously, Charles is in charge of me, but you can be in charge of this show by sharing it with your friends, leaving a comment. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, you can leave us a review. There's podcasts, there's YouTube shows. It's everywhere. This has been Hollywood Already Did It presents a history of sitcoms through WandaVision. Huge shout out to Jamie's friend who's doing our new art, by the way. 
Stephanie, Incredible. thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Incredible stuff. Uh, you can, of course, follow the show at Hollywood ADI on Twitter. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics. I, of course, do another show called How Do You Figure with Justin Donaldson, who uh, I don't know why I didn't mention this and why I'm mentioning it on air for everybody to listen to. Uh, the Bradys were at his wedding with me. What? Just, Justin knows the Bradys. Of course. So if you okay, want to like, why are you throwing out such interesting information at the very end that I want to hear about? <laughs> uh, because truthfully, I don't remember a lot of that wedding. <laughs> but... So go listen to How Do You Figure if you want to hear us talk about action figures and toys and uh, some interesting Brady information because Justin, of course, has all of the Brady action figures and we should do that. I'm going to make a note of that episode should happen. Um, you're already on the Hollywood Already Did It channel, but of course, Terrence does all of our trailer reactions, reviews, everything else that we don't catch. We do another show called take it from the top we do another show called you can't do that anymore about movies that may or may not have aged well or that you can't shouldn't or wouldn't make in the year 2021 jamie of course has a lot of great articles and works at comicbook.com she just interviewed deborah joe rupp it's wonderful she has more coming uh there's a podcast that comic book is doing now that she's on i think it's called cb zero it's phase zero and Damn that's it. more and we're talking a lot of wandavision stuff from a marvel perspective so if this show you're like really just sitcoms uh which wrong wrong attitude that's the wrong yeah uh, yeah because well, who doesn't want to talk about sitcoms but if you're if you're interested um uh brandon and jim the um they know marvel so um phase zero is a good a good place to go if you're looking for theories and stuff about one division and i think that's that unless jamie has more all i have is... to say is um keep on keep on dancing